1984, the world waited with bated breath for the second feature from the acclaimed director of the box office smash Piranha 2 The Spawning. No, not really. The idea for The Terminator came to James Cameron in a fever dream, or possibly from watching several episodes of The Twilight Zone written by Harlan Ellison, The World Will Never Know. The reality is that this dark, apocalyptic tale of a woman hunted by a cyborg from the future created Cameron's career and vaulted Arnold Schwarzenegger to the juggernaut he became until he starred in The Last Action Hero. With low budget but powerful effects, heart-pounding action and grisly violence, The Terminator changed the game. And it isn't even in Cameron's top three earning films. There isn't much in the way of drinking in this fast-paced action movie, but we found a cocktail called the Arnold Schwarzenegger in some random corner of the internet. So mix up some Applejack, rum, and Rose's lime juice, sit back and listen to episode 75 of Toasting the Classics, The Terminator. Welcome to Toasting the Classics, the podcast where we take something that people call a classic and we drink something that's inspired by it while deciding whether it's still a classic. This week, uh, my name is Dave MacArthur. Yeah, my name is Clint Lanier. And that's true all the time. I was going to say something else, but this week, this week <laughs> we are doing a film and I chose the original Terminator film, which one of my biggest surprise about, surprises about this movie is I realized in watching it again, I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it. On really? Tape. In like 1988, I, I've seen Terminator 2 a hundred times. It yeah. was one of my favorite movies when I was in high school. And well, yeah, it's because it came out in high school. Terminator 2 and stuff like that. Right. I mean, I was really into right. it at the time. So I hadn't seen this in a long time, and it really, there was a lot going on that I didn't remember at all. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Uh, what did well, you did think? What's your what's your personal history with Terminator? Well, let's see. It came out in 1984. Right. Um, I probably, so 1984... I was 10 years old, so I didn't see it at the theater. Okay. I didn't see the a theatrical release. But remember that you know you and I grew up in an age, well, I certainly grew up in an age when they actually showed edited, censored movies like blockbusters on TV. Like on network TV. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I exactly, remember seeing yeah. I saw Rambo when I was six years old. You know, I saw uh, Rambo at or for, somebody first else's. I, I should say First Blood, rather, which is the original name oh, of the movie. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one would be on TV. But the second yeah. one I saw at a friend's house on HBO, and it, like it was a big, it was a big moment that I got to actually see it. But like I was eventually, they all filtered down to, to network. And what they did is they they would start the movie, and they would have these roll before the roll credits. You know, even the title mm -hmm. sequence, they would have this message that says this movie has been edited for whatever you know for whatever reason right. for language and violence or nudity. Flip or you, Melon. Like yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's always this one, and uh, it was Police Academy, and it was nobody oh, okay. f's. The original line was nobody f's with me, right? And then he says nobody nobody plays with me, but the word play was said by this guy with like this deep voice. So oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's like, yeah. hey man, nobody plays with me. <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah. so obviously terrible. I think they did that stuff on purpose so that you would know what the original yeah, word was. It's pretty. But that stuff, anyway, so that I was sort of I, subversive on their part. I want to say I saw this in, in maybe like '88, something like that, which would have made that's me about, about right. freshman, something like that. And I saw school. it. I used to catch these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. They would be on cable. And my dad was like, whatever, you can watch them, you know. So I, sure. I I saw Predator and I saw Terminator and I saw them all like a couple years after they were in the theater right. on cable and just just loved them. I mean, I remember when Total Recall came out in the theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My dad and I were like, we're going to see that like opening night. And I must have been, I think I was 12, maybe 13, but like 
you know, junior high school age. And we had a big plan to go see it. And then my stepmom stepped in and she was like, can't go because your sister's going to be with you. And she's too little to see that movie. And I got ready to argue with her. Mm -hmm. And my dad just puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, you can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he quotes Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's just like, just wait till they go to sleep and we'll sneak out and go see it at midnight. And I was like, oh my God, you're brilliant. Like, your dad's so a smart really man. Cool. Yeah. A good, uh, makes me, good makes me wish I had a, a dad. Yeah, makes so, you wish so, you had an irresponsible dad? Yeah, that would have been great yeah. uh, versus a deadbeat. But anyway, um, oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Right, uh, right. So this came out, you know, '84. I was too young to watch it, but I remember, you know, the zeitgeist of this movie. It was huge. I mean, the, the opening was huge. I think '84. I want to say '84 was also. Yeah, it was right around that. Like '85, I think was like Ghostbusters. You had like Ghostbusters, Goonies. No, um, like, no, Ghostbusters is also '84. Um, back Same to the film. okay, okay, you're right. And so Back to the Future. You so you had all these Top like, Gun. Oh no, Top, Top Gun, Gun a couple years later. That's '88, I think. Yeah, '86. But so like that's sort of what I was watching, and then this one came out. So this was kind of above my age anyway. But I remember the buzz around it. Like everybody was talking about it. They're talking about the movies or on, on the news and stuff. And it was. I remember them talking about how bad it was. Like not bad as in like critically bad as in violence this is like the ultra violence oh. type of thing right and that was sort of the conversation that was going on like gun violence this is like gun porno like violence porno type of stuff right at for the time yeah um they've never seen ultra violence which is a terrible movie but that's all it is right i remember rambo was the big one what everybody was talking about oh if the movies are just over the rambo and by yeah. that i mean like rambo the second one first blood yeah, part yeah, two. yeah. Mm -hmm. that was like oh it's just over the top and this one's pretty violent um it really is yeah. If you remember to put it in context, it doesn't seem that violent now. But I mean, there's a couple right. of scenes early on in the movie where like women get killed, like innocent yeah. women just get like shot in the face. That's I guess that's kind of that kind of thing was happening in Charles Bronson and Clint Eastwood movies, which are pretty, well, pretty darn violent. Yeah. I'm talking about Dirty Harry. I think things like sure, that happen. Sure. There's women getting shot in that. Sure. This I was essentially saw Death Wish, but I was aware of yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. But when I was reading up about this, doing all the research that I do for, for our podcast, you know, a good, right. Like right. two or three weeks worth of reading and so forth. I, I read that and it never really occurred to me. This is essentially a slasher flick, a sci-fi mm -hmm. slasher flick with guns, you know, yeah, that's sort of yeah. what it is. Like he, he, absolutely. He, he jump scares, you know, uh, Terminator jump scares people and, you know, jumps out and, and shoots them in the face, you know. Who are the main victims of slasher movies? They're always women. I mean, they're primarily right. women, right? right? And so, like, the first, well, he kills a bunch of people in this, but, like, you know, shooting a woman in the head is horrific. I don't mean to laugh when I say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's cut that and retake it. Shooting a woman in the head is, is horrific. But but that's, you know, it's just like a slasher film, but he's doing it with a big silver gun instead. And a, it a, is. A, no, I, I think this movie, yeah. the tone of this film is like a slasher movie. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, it's even got like the final girl, mm -hmm. you know, the trope of yeah. the final girl. Yeah. Like exactly. he ends up at the end being one-on-one right. -on -one against the Terminator. The heroine. And somehow yeah. manages to, it's very like that. He's like an unstoppable force the way yep. Jason, Jason or, 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 um, or Michael um, Myers. Or a Freddy, uh, and in a, Freddy Krueger. In a way, Freddy's like that. Freddy, yeah. I don't know. I saw that one recently, and, and he's kind of a pushover towards the end. But the whole magical dream thing is pretty unstoppable, mm -hmm. sort of yeah. like the Terminator. So I guess mm -hmm. it's actually pretty similar in a lot of ways. This is like if the Terminator was one of those slasher horror figures. It's I think it's very yeah. much like a horror movie. I think they turned yeah. into action movies later on. 
Mm-hmm. I think, is it the T100 or the T1000? I was having trouble remembering. T1000. It's T1000, a T1000, right? That's yeah. the Robert Patrick, yeah. Because this, one, this one's a T800. T800? Yeah, T800. Oh, okay. I actually couldn't remember what the model number was on this one, but yeah, okay. That one's scary, but and there's some yeah. gross stuff that happens, but the tone of the film is action film. Right. It's just... It's just a fight between him and the Terminator. Right. And it, and then the ending is completely different. And it's not the kind of downer. Yeah. It totally turns that on its head in the second film. But little um, known trivia, T-800, the other name for T-800 was actually Chat GPT. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Here we are. Um, the themes of this movie. <laughs> right. The themes of this movie, which seemed kind of hokey maybe At 10 years ago, which yeah. are nuclear nuclear war and conquest by AI. And it's like, we have mm-hmm. both of those things now. Yeah. Both of those yeah, problems absolutely. are very much problems yes. in yes, 2023. So uh, right. it's it's back. And this one seemed this one seemed also like timely in a weird yes. sort of way. Right, right. Well, they all are. This, You know, in this, uh, there's a direct line from this to like the Matrix trilogy. And direct line from this. So there was a there was a blurb I read that was talking about you know how when the Terminator chases Sarah Connor wait we should do a synopsis but anyway I'll finish this thought okay when the the Terminator follows her to that club called Tech Noir Tech Noir that, right that's James Cameron's idea for what the genre of this film is right it's Tech Noir and it actually right. ends up being some people I've never really heard that term a lot but it makes sense there was a list of films that went under that genre and The Matrix mm-hmm. is one of them. I mm-hmm. think the Matrix is cyberpunk, really, but cyberpunk is well, also kind of tech noir. If you think about, it. like Blade Runner, and yeah, that's tech noir. That's what that is. That's a yeah. future with lots of technology around, but essentially well, otherwise, it's it's, it's, it's like dystopian. A, um, it's a dystopian, like a dystopian version kind of, thing, of yeah. Philip Marlowe, yeah. right? right? Like walking, you know, walking around and solving yeah. crimes, and very yeah. much so. And this is similar. Everybody's wearing a trench coat. I think that's yeah. a staple of. Well, it, most of it takes place at night, too. Most of it takes so it's place like it's, at night, it's right? dark, you know. So it's it's yeah, tech the tech noir kind of genre. I think was Blade Runner did play Blade Runner predate this? Yeah, that remember? was eighty two, yeah. I think. So that's um, a little bit before this. So they didn't use that term to refer to it, but okay. it fits perfectly. Well, why don't you do a synopsis while I take a drink? Okay. Oh, speaking of drink, we got a drink. Let's talk about the drink yeah. first before the synopsis, because the drink is supposed to be definitely. half of the show. It's definitely that's receded right. down to five percent you know <laughs> i was racking my brains trying to come up with anything there's mm-hmm. i don't think there's a single alcoholic beverage mentioned in this right that i could come right. up with maybe yeah. i think they go out and they're talking about drinking a little bit i didn't nothing was part of the movie in any big way i tried right. to think of some things i couldn't come up with anything so i just started looking around there was a drink called a something cameron which mm-hmm. is like a mixture of irish whiskey and scotch whiskey and I was thinking, uh, you know, that just seems like a waste of good whiskey to, to right. mix those together and make some kind yeah. of a cocktail. So I didn't think that was a great idea. But I came up with something called the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. And I, there's no explanation whatsoever for why this is called an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get it at all, but okay. I don't get it even a little bit. I did find some information online about how Arnold Schwarzenegger apparently drinks his protein drinks now. By putting tequila into tequila, his protein. <laughs> and, and I, 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 thinking, oh. I had flirted with that, but I was like, I really don't feel yeah. like a protein shake. We could have gotten tequila. a little bit oh. healthy and had some protein drink, I guess. Yeah. You know, while doing this, it but sounds, I don't know. It just it, sounds terrible. It sounds foul, so I decided yeah. not to do that. So anyway, this cocktail, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. is one and one quarter ounce dark rum, three quarters mm-hmm. ounce. They say Calvado, um, but I just went with apple brandy, and I think you mm-hmm. said you did the same. Right. Calvado apparently is hard to find. Yeah, and then. This says two ounces roses lime juice. I just use the lime juice that we had 
at here well, at home. Well, was it sweetened? Because it, it was sweetened lime juice. Is roses supposed to be sweetened? Yeah. Oh well, then my cocktail is going to taste very different than what it's intended to. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. This is just lime juice. I don't see any indication that there's any sweet. Yeah, roses. Roses is a is a sweetened lime juice. Okay, um, I thought so. I saw that at the very end, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! This is probably gonna be pretty gross." <laughs> yeah, if you have like, I a, guess I can put some simple sugar in there. Make a margarita. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I did because uh, I didn't have any, so I just mix. If you just mix simple syrup with uh, lime juice, otherwise it's going to be alcohol and oh, sour alcohol. Honest, honestly, it's not bad, but it would be made right. better by a sweetness. If I had, well, I don't know, I don't know how much because I've, I've got it. Well, and the original recipe calls for it blended. I mean, the one I saw anyway. Oh, um, okay. And I didn't. I didn't feel like doing that, so I just got it over the rocks. It tastes okay. I mean, it's not. What What do you think of it? I think it's okay. I think it tastes kind of like a. Uh, kind of tastes like lime juice mixed with some whiskey. I mean, it's it's kind yeah. of tasty. I don't really mind it at all. I could drink. Yeah, it. I, I get the. I get. You know what's interesting is uh, apple brandy doesn't taste like apples at all. It smells like apples, but it tastes like alcohol. Um, it's been a long time since I've had apple brandy. Maybe I'll take a sniff here and see what what I think. But of this it. with the with the with the sweetened lime juice, and I think mm. maybe the rum. It actually does bring out the apples, so that's kind of kind of nice. Yeah. I, but again, I have no idea why the heck it's called Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know what the connection is. Maybe apples. I can't think of any connection. I, I mean, he's, okay, he's so Austrian? rum is from the rum is from the Caribbean. That makes no right. sense. He's Austrian. Yeah. So apple brandy was. And, and Calvados is actually French, so that doesn't make any sense. Nope. I, I don't get it. I got nothing. Okay. I have no, no idea why this, but it's actually not a bad cocktail. If it was yeah, sweet lime juice, this would be better. I would right. enjoy it more, but it's not bad. Yeah. I actually kind of like the way it goes together. So I would recommend trying this one out. And uh, okay. we've talked about rum in the past. Mm -hmm. I think we talked mm -hmm. a little bit about the lime juice. And we've talked about brandy before. Mm -hmm. But right. you, what makes something Applejack? How well, is it Applejack? Oh, there's, there's a difference. Are you using Laird's Applejack? Is that the kind of brandy you've got? Okay, that's yes. what I've got too. And that's the most popular kind. So brandy is just, okay, well, let's back up a little bit. So whiskey is distilled grain, right? Right. Rum is distilled molasses and brown sugar. Uh, brandy is distilled fruit. Any kind of fruit. Oh, brandy can be any kind of fruit. It's not, yeah. not necessarily made from wine. Correct. Okay, so that's what I would apple right. peach. Uh, we've had we've yeah, we've had pear before uh, for the so German. any of those things like slivovitz and things that are from Europe. Mm -hmm. Those are all just various kinds of brandy. Correct. Yeah, they're gotcha. they're okay. fruit. All right. They're brandy. So so pisco actually pisco is different. Um, no, I think pisco is more like um, grappa, isn't it? It's grappa. Yeah, it's it's the remnants at the bottom. But regular right. brandy is crap. regular it's the brandy crap for making wine. Yeah, yeah. Reg regular brandy is is great. I mean, a typical what you just call brandy. But so that's that's the brandy classification. So, but Calvados is like it's apple brandy with a degree or a pedigree, I should say. You know, two hundred year old strains of apples and blah blah blah. Terroir is is a big part of it. So I'm using Laird's Applejack, I think, which is made in New Jersey. You're using that too. I think that's one of the biggest. They said Apple something brandy. to me about George Washington. Is that not? You're right. It is from New Jersey, but they said yeah. it had something to do with how George Washington. Uh, there is some. I will say something interesting about Applejack, though. So this is called Laird's Applejack. Uh huh. Um, and then they say Apple brandy. Apple brandy is different than Applejack. This is kind of a cool differentiation here. Okay. Apple brandy is distilled fermented apple juice, essentially. And that's what we're drinking. Okay. Apple Jack is something that they've made in Europe and the US as far back as the 1600s. The way to make Apple Jack is you make apple cider. So fermented apple cider, right? Which is about 8% alcohol. So not that much. It's about as much as like a good beer, strong beer. And then what they would literally do is they would 
in New Jersey, especially, this is kind of where they made it during mm-hmm. the winter, they would put it in a bucket and they would set it outside at night. And then in the morning they would go out and they would peel the layer of ice off the top and they'd throw that away. Okay. And then they do it again. And so um, what happens so it was is distilling the water out, but no, by no, freezing it's, con- it's concentrating it. Orange concentrate. Oh, means, but you're getting the water out. Exactly. Yeah. So but not distilling, by, but not by but right. not by heating it through distillation. Exactly. Like different, yeah. yeah so distilling, what you do is you heat the alcohol so that it because alcohol is a different uh, uh, boiling point than water. Mm-hmm. So it's 170 or 180 versus 220. And so the alcohol to freezing point as well. Exactly. So alcohol has a lower freezing point. Water will freeze. They peel that water off the top. And what it does is instead of distilling it, it concentrates it. Sure. But that that makes a kind of a more syrupy and very concentrated tasting Mm. higher alcohol. And matter of fact, if if you've ever had an ice beer in your life, if you're in college, you had had an ice beer. That's exactly how they make ice beer. So you'll notice like an ice beer is... An ice beer is like a 10% or an 8% alcohol. It's the same beer that they would make otherwise. It's 5%. And they take it through a quick freeze process, peel off the ice, and now they have a 10% oh. beer. So, so I should be careful with ice beers that they're probably higher alcohol content. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little okay. bit higher. Yeah, okay. exactly. So anyway. Is there, is there a product made from distilling beer? No. Because of the hops. The hops sort of ruins it. <laughs> Before you hop it, you can distill it, and then it essentially makes a schnapps or a brandy or something. Let me take that back. If you distill beer before you hop it, it's essentially whiskey because it's all grain. I mean, beer is made of grains. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. But if you hop it, that the resin in the hop like actually coats the still, and it it ruins the taste of pretty much anything you run through that still after that. Well, all right. Well, I guess we got some interesting drinking knowledge out of That's this. That's our history uh, lesson so for today, so. folks. Okay, synopsis time. Synopsis time. So this is a really interesting, and there's there's some notes I came to that perhaps this is not as original of a script as I thought it was when I first mm-hmm. saw the movie. When I saw this movie and I was 11 years old, I was like, wow, what a great idea for a movie because yeah. What this is, is essentially, and it's hard to say when to start the, the synopsis because there's time travel involved. Sure. But we have a future world in the 2020s where AI has taken over the planet and tried to exterminate humanity. I, I actually thought it was just the nuclear war. I didn't realize there was this whole genocidal concentration camp thing where the AI was trying to wipe out all the people. I didn't right. pick up on that before. But the AI has taken over and is trying to eliminate humanity, but a savior arises from the humans in the name of uh, John Connor and fights back to save humanity. And just before that war is finally over, the AI sends back in time a Terminator to kill John Connor's mother before he's even born. And the good guys, the humans, I mean, assuming you're rooting for the humans, I don't don't Mm want to be judgmental here, but the good guys, from my perspective as a human, send back a defender to go and defend her and protect her. And obviously combat ensues between this Terminator that's trying to kill Sarah Connor. And it's really good suspense movie, like him trying to find her and the Terminator trying to find her and knocking off like the people who have the same name, which I thought was a pretty cool bit. And then uh, confrontation between everybody, multiple different confrontations. And one of the, I think one of the best set pieces in the movie, the one that really gets across the message of the indestructibility of the terminator that that puts the terminator and this is a a movie that we did puts the terminator in the same class of the unstoppable force with godzilla is that she's in the police station supposedly protected by i think he says like there's 30 guys with guns here protecting you you're fine Mm -hmm. 
and mm-hmm. the Terminator just walks in there and murders all yeah, of the police to get to her. Yeah. That part just plays with your expectations of safety and stuff in such yeah. a great way. I've never seen anything like that in a movie. Like uh, Freddy Krueger doesn't just go in and although he does kill somebody in the jailhouse. Yeah. So there's a little bit of you're not even safe in the jail there too. So they kind of play with that, I suppose. Well, he's he's much more sneaky. You know, they're they're all much more sneaky and and Terminator just goes in like a battering ram. And just right, just anybody in front of me, I'm going to kill them all. For me, it's the uh, it's sort of the final scene where he's half of a exo or endoskeleton, and he's yeah, still right. pulling himself along, trying to trying right. to kill her. You know, he just doesn't stop. He's, I think, in the second movie, she says he's relentless. He doesn't stop. It just keeps coming. In. So yeah, in the end, um, they manage to stop the Terminator, but he gets killed uh, defending her from the Terminator. He blows it in half, but it still comes after her, and she has to crush it beneath like a a metal pressing machine. In the same right. way that Fly gets killed, by the way, I was yeah. thinking of that. I was yeah. like, James Cameron yeah. saw the Fly. That's she ends up going off to 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 raise her child, who ends up being fathered by Reese. She goes off to lead this resistance against the machines and just treats the. Uh, oncoming apocalypse is inevitable which is um a really dark and awesome way to end the film i remember right. watching the end of that movie the bit where she's you know the little boy's like the storm is coming and she's like yeah you know that's yeah. i i love that ending that, that was great like i was yeah. like man that didn't end happy at all that was no awesome. no and uh, the the which part they flipped which they flipped in two in two and, you know, it kind yeah. of fit the time period. 1991 was a very optimistic time, right? Yeah. The Cold War was over and everything was going to be fine. And and so they flipped that on its end. And have you ever seen Terminator 3? No. I had never seen it. I actually was inspired to go and watch it because of watching this film again. Mm-hmm. And it didn't suck the way. Like, I've sort of been led to think it sucked really badly. And it, there are some bits in it where you're like, this is pretty bad. It's not as good as Terminator 2. But the ending, and I won't spoil it for you, but the ending is is pretty damn good. It's like a, mm-hmm. like a flips the second one on its head and just does something completely different. I, I'd recommend watching it just for that hmm. bit. Okay. Anyway, so I did finally watch that movie, which I I don't know why I didn't see it. I love Terminator 2. I don't know why I didn't end up seeing. I think I was really busy in the summer of 2003, and I just didn't yeah. get around to it. But... <laughs> I can see that. So the only thing that kind of throws a wrench in the whole slasher film genre is this part about the future. That there's this impending doom that's coming. So it's it's a slasher film within the context of. So there are elements of like uh, Blade Runner, you know, that it's kind of like yeah. what 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 makes humans human type of thing. But even and, and Blade, so, Blade Runner, the film, the setting mm-hmm. is nowhere near as dark as what they're talking about in this movie. Right. No. Gosh. Like no, yeah. No, nuclear, was... total apocalypse all over the earth in terms of nuclear war. You know, that's. One of the dark. That's well, actually more like what the the novel that Blade Runner is based on is in a very mm-hmm. dark future. There's no living well, creatures, and, it, and it's also it's very different. But it's also what the Earth looks like during the Matrix. The Matrix, you know, the, you know, he talks about that. Yeah, they yeah. scorched the sky to try to block out because the the AI was trying to use solar as a power, so they they blocked out the sun. See, we should do the Matrix at some point, but I always thought the concept of the Matrix is stupid. <laughs> like the idea of blotting out the sun and then like yeah. using human human brains generate less wattage than a, a light bulb like that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense they're like I think it's human, using I think a it, form I, of fusion they're like using a form brains. of fusion i'm like what, let me stop you there if you've got i don't think it's human brains i think it's a human no body, they're feeding it? the story in the movie is that they're feeding these humans that are in these mm-hmm. tubes right and they're using the activity from their brains to power their civilization in combination with a 
form of fusion. And I'm like, huh. let me stop you right there. If you've got the ability to get power from fusion, you're good. You don't need any human brains. Like <laughs> right, right. fusion can generate electricity on scales, you know, yeah. dwarfing what a human brain can. Yeah, but then you, you never, can run you a light have bulb. A, well, you would have a movie then, like I said. James so Cameron, Cameron versus whom? Ridley Scott is what I was going to say. But um, ah, okay, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> the movie he made before this was Piranha Two. That right. this was right. following in the hills of Piranha Two. So he was a nobody. I mean, he made a B budget kind of like I guess it'd be a horror film, Piranha Two or something like that. I saw the original Piranha movie, by the way, when I was about six. I was really excited to watch it. It was on network yeah. TV, and it was yeah. um, even when I was six, I, I was like, "Huh, I'm super into Piranhas, but this is lame. Like, this is not a good movie. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine how bad Piranha Two was." But anyway, right. so well, maybe he made it better. And that's the thing is we don't Maybe. know how bad it would have been had he not directed. That's it, right. But... That's right. We don't know what his war was in, in coming in and directing that. So yeah, that's true. So apparently he was in Rome making that movie. Right. So good it had to be shot in Rome. Can yeah. I ask for a pause? I think I know where you're going with this story, and it's it's a good one. And I I just wanted to say this thought: Ridley Scott versus James Cameron. Mm -hmm. We know what that's like. We know what that's like because Alien, Alien. is Ridley Scott, exactly. and Aliens is James Cameron, right. and right. they're both awesome in their own way. Well, here's the interesting thing, though. So, Alien is sort of described as a is it's like a space ghost story because it has all right. the elements of what a ghost story is outer space. Okay, Aliens is an action movie. It's a war, war movie. movie. Yeah, it's like a Vietnam Vietnam in Her space. Terminator is closer to Alien. Yes, and T two is closer to Aliens. That's right. So it, and it's, it's interesting that just we talked about this. We talked about this in the Godzilla podcast, and I wish I could credit this to somebody. But I read once there's a spectrum in horror movies about how much control the characters have in fighting back against the menace. And right. Alien is like very high on the spectrum of like you're screwed. Like you're, this is right. a terrible, terrible monster. Godzilla is the same way. Mm -hmm. Terminator, the original one, is the same way. And Terminator Two, the characters have a ton of agency. Yes. It's even. The byline of the film is the future is not set. There's no fate, but what we make for ourselves, you know? Right. So it's all about that spectrum of how much control the characters have, which, you know, there was in the nineties, it was an optimistic time and all the movies were, you know, people had a lot of control when they fought back, mm -hmm. like in tremors, they're oh, fighting sure. the monsters and they could all, they could yeah. figure out schemes to defeat. It was a dangerous threat, but you could figure out how to fight it. True. And then in the in the eighties, everybody was like locked into Cold War a stalemate, and sure. so of course all the, all the films are the, the monsters just going to kill you. There's nothing mm -hmm. you can do. There's almost yeah. nothing you can do to fight this monster. That's, it's an interesting. It's an interesting point, and, and it's and it's really especially interesting when you when you point at these things. These two directors, one directed the sequel of the other, but they both sort of have the same approach to their their first movies. Also, one is British and one is American, and there's definitely a yeah, level of pessimism. Pessimism I think James, Cam optimism James Cameron's the most. He's like the most British American director there is. I mean, he's he he, yeah. he could fit in with the with the intellectual elites of of England, you know, pretty pretty easily. Sorry, but, I cut you off. You were telling the story of Piranha too, and 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 I think the genesis of Terminator. No, so just cool. yeah, just that that he um, I guess he had the flu or something, and, and I guess he had a they call it a fever dream, but literally he was having like night sweats and fevers and stuff, right. really really sick. And he had this nightmare of being chased by this robot. And it was, and mm -hmm. the scene of his dream is the final scene in this movie where it's yeah. the half of the, the torso pulling itself along, trying to tr kill Sarah. 
easily the scariest part of the movie. When I was a little kid and I saw this movie and that robot gets out of that flaming truck wreck, I that and that's it's as a, a terrible spe- it's terrible yeah. special effects right like you, yeah. you look at that stop motion robot and it's like what is, yeah. this is awful yeah. but that is a scary scene and that is a scary design for the creature yeah. and stuff yeah. and it's the first time you really see it i think you glimpse it a little bit in some of the future flash forwards mm-hmm. that happen yeah, early yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. but when that reveal i remember that i was like whoa man that's yeah like, yeah I, I was, and that's that's I was the probably reveal. 11 or 12. Yeah. I was too old to be really, really scared of just like a monster, but I was like, this is a scary monster. Like, I don't, I don't really that's, know. That's the real reveal, too. That's like taking the sheet off the ghost and seeing what's underneath, you know? And and yeah. uh, and so you finally see it. It's like turn the lights on and you finally see the monster. Oh, man, that's deceptive. I hadn't even thought of that. You know, Spielberg is famous for not showing the monster until the last third of the movie or the last quarter sure. of the movie, like sure. you know, whether it's Jaws or. or Jurassic Park, it's and that's of sort what's of happening what, here, right? That's sort I mean, of what happens here. You, know, you see, you see, you see Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. right? Yeah, but but he's right. just a dude. He's like a big muscular dude. You don't right. see the machine until the very end. So, speaking you know? of the big muscular dude, uh-huh. there were some things in that. There were some things, and it carries through the rest of the films that didn't make a lot of sense because one of the ways they introduce the concept of the Terminator is Reese explains that the Terminators were supposed to be infiltration units, uh-huh. right? They're supposed to just look like humans and sneak in. And that's why they mm-hmm. keep dogs around because only the dog could tell the difference between a Terminator and a regular person. And it sort of works. But if you're thinking about it, why would you, your infiltrator unit looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's your choice. That's <laughs> right. the one who's going to blend into human society is yeah, literally yeah. the biggest, strongest human I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Right, right. And it's because it's because it wasn't supposed to be Arnold. It was supposed to be somebody like Bruce. No, I'm sorry. Bruce Willis was to play Reese. It was yeah. supposed to be Mel Gibson, um, Lance Henriks, yeah. Lance Henriksen well, that, or Mel Gibson, right? Like, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Just a, yeah. Yeah. A regular yeah. dude. So I wouldn't call Mel Gibson a regular dude, but I don't know if handsomeness is what would make you stand out. Right. Like they, well, he's not, he's time, not like he a was, beast. He's not like a weight he wasn't, monster, you know? Right. Yeah. He was, that would have been pre lethal weapon. I think maybe not. That might've been close to the same time. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Weapon. But, but after Mad Max, Mad Max yeah, is really, after Mad Max, is, sure. you know, but yes, it's, I think lethal weapon, um, if I'm remembering right, might be 86. Okay. Well, maybe but this I is be, around. I don't know. I, that would be a good be one to do. I haven't thought Road, about that movie in a long time. Road Warrior? Yeah, Road Warrior is oh about God. 82. Because Mad Max was really like an Australian film. Uh-huh. And then Road Warrior was really like a wide release. Like everybody yeah. around the world saw it. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, You have to think of a future, dystopian future, where humans are hunted. We're all going to be skinny and malnourished. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everybody's missing <laughs> their guy, teeth. And, and this guy comes in and you're like, and, and, he has yeah, never yeah. missed a meal in his life. In yeah, fact, exactly. He's eating 7,000 calories a day. Yeah. You know, what's going on here? This guy drinks and, protein shakes with, with tequila. <laughs> with tequila. You know, this, so, I mean, this guy hasn't been living ob- in a bunker his whole life. Yeah, obviously something's going on. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that'd be a bad <laughs> g- I wouldn't need the dog, by the way. I don't need the dog. Right. Parking until yeah. Arnold doesn't fit in with my, uh, you know, Morlock clan that's been hiding. Although, although one of his buddies played one of the Terminators when they show, they talk about that part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they yeah. Come that in. guy does, that guy wouldn't fit in either. That guy was huge too. The second you watch the story, you're like, you're like, but dude, he's I short. think that's a Terminator. He's short. Look at that guy. Yeah, I know, but, he, but he's not six foot something. He's like, no, that dude, Columbo, no. Columbo or whatever his name was, Columbo. Um, I have no idea, but I remember I remember thinking like, the first time I saw the movie, I remember thinking like, oh, okay, so they're all just different bodybuilders. All the Terminators are just 
various bodybuilders walking <laughs> around the hellscape in the right. future. And, yeah. You know, hey, there's Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like you'd 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 go to your little army that's trying to resist the resist uh, Skynet, and you'd be like, okay, nobody lift weights. That way we can yeah, all right, right between us. Okay, are all you right. skinny? Slim, you know, slim, are, you, are you living off yeah. rats? Like slim, tiny. <laughs> you you guys yeah. over here, you're making me wonder about that. Hey, you're sus. Um, you're sus. Now, now I I did sick. I loved all the uh, cameos. So Bill Paxton cameo, and and it's uh, not a cameo. He's a nobody at the time. But yeah, yeah, he's I mean, a nobody he's... at the time. I know, but now we look at it as a cameo. But so essentially, he plays uh, the same character punk, punk as number three, basically. Yeah, so he's punk number three, but it's the same character as the big brother in Weird Science. You're stupid, oh you know, I mean, never... he's he's got the same voice, the same. This is not meant as a dare to choose that movie for Toasting the Classics, but I've never seen Weird Weird Science. All right, too late, Dan. Chosen. Too late. Chosen. Well, all right, fine. Fine. But uh, yeah, in the future, in the future when you've forgotten this, yeah, give you a couple drinks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's Bill Paxton. And then uh, the other guy, the guy who gets uh, fisted, we should say, Mm -hmm. was in- He gets Temple of Doomed is what he gets. Oh no, Bill Paxton gets Temple of Doomed, right? No, Bill Paxton gets gets ripped out. Smack. No, the other guy, the guy that does get his heart ripped out, he was in a a ton of movies too. I think he was in uh, like Werewolf or something like that. Hold on. Give me just a second here. I think I know who you're talking Um, about because I saw him in something recently. He was in one of the Rocky movies maybe? Brian Thompson is the guy's name, okay. and he was in just a ton of '80s movies. Yeah, I, I saw uh, him in something not long ago, and I was thinking, "Oh, that guy! I remember that guy. He used to be in things as a, like the yeah. jerk. You know, he was always the jerk yeah. and everything." Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh no, you know what? He was. He might have been in Animal House. Now that I think about it, he might have been the jerk in Animal House. Do you remember the? Let's see, Brian Thompson. So, oh, he was in Cobra. He was a bad guy in Cobra. He's in the Night yeah. Flash. Cobra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boyfriend of Sarah Connor's roommate. Okay, can you see him? He's yeah, kind of built. Slider from Top Gun. I Slider, yeah, you got that one. Yeah, Very yeah. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I recognize Slider, him. Yeah, you stink. Slider, yeah, there was just it was just stink. chock full of guys from the eighties. Uh, it was great. Just watching okay. that part, I was like, oh, I, I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. And what's funny is like you you watch it at the time. <laughs> you know, they're just nobodies. Just bit actors trying to trying to do something. Although I don't think Slider ever did anything, but whatever. No, he wasn't like a big actor or anything, but he's definitely in other things. Anyway, so let's get back to talking about the movie, right. I guess, huh? I guess we should. Uh, one fan is getting antsy. Well, don't worry. I'll I'll cut the stuff where we're really just waxing. Uh, you know, we're just being human. IMDb and and like <laughs> talking about who's right. in what movie. I I know that's that's actually one of my favorite games to play, but let's probably not. Yeah, we too. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over some accolades real quick. All right, okay. so made yeah. on a six and a half million dollar budget, right? Which at the time, like now, that's nothing. At the time, uh, maybe twenty million dollars, something like that. That's what it'd be worth. Oh no, no, I got seven. Dollars. I got six point four million dollars. Oh, you're yeah, saying what it would be worth today? Yeah, yeah, oh, right, yeah. yeah, today. So um, a lot more, than maybe that, yeah. maybe about a twenty million dollar budget today. It grossed seventy-eight million. So let's say today, one hundred twenty-five, one hundred forty million dollars today. So solid, very solid there. Um, in two thousand eight, the Terminator was selected by the Library of Congress <laughs> for preservation in the yeah. National Film Registry. What? Can you believe that? Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't gotten to the part where we talk about whether it's a classic, but that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, this is an important. This is James. Kim- this movie made James Cameron and it made Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, it really did. 
You know who else it made? No. Uh, well, it uh, made Lin-Manuel. Michael Bain. Uh, is it Bane? Bane, Bean, Bean, Bane. What you, B- did B-I-E-H. you tell me you know him or you met him? Or I didn't know I met him. I met him. Okay. okay. So this is a great story. We uh, took the family to, um, we went to Phoenix for a concert and then we came down sitting like Tucson for the night, uh, just hanging out. And then I was like, I want to take the kids to Tombstone because Tombstone, Arizona is a cool little town. It's not oh, a yeah, ghost he's town. There's stuff going right? on there. Johnny Ringo in the movie. Yeah. And so we go down there and they happen to be doing this like big, it was Memorial Day weekend and they do a thing called Hell Dorado Days where they reenact like all the stuff and everybody's dressed up like a cowboy and they're all carrying guns because it's Arizona and it's just chaos and crazy and, and fun. Yeah. And so we're walking down the uh, the wooden sidewalk that they have in Tombstone and I see this sign that says Michael Bain autographs today in this like outfitter store or something. And I was like, oh my God. I, I, yeah, like, we're, I, I turned to my wife, it. I'm like, Michael yeah. Bain is here. And she's like, who the heck is Michael Bain? I'm like, oh, every movie, no. I'm like every action movie in the 80s yeah. and mostly in the 90s, he was in it. And so we walk in, nicest dude in the world. And he is as good looking as he is on, on, on film. And he's like six foot two. And I mean, just, and but he's so genuine and so cool and so nice. We right. talked for, God, we must have talked for like 15, 20 minutes. And I mean, just shooting the breeze. He was like, where are you guys from? And, and uh we said, you know, I said from New Mexico. First thing he asked is like, "Oh, really? How much are houses in New Mexico?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, okay. not that much." He's like, "Huh? Maybe I'll look at New Mexico." You know, and uh, not a bad place I mean, to live. Just a super, super nice guy, and uh, yeah. So, but you know, he had, and so he had all his pictures, and and, and for the price of being able to talk to him, which I paid, right? I got yeah, an sure, autographed well, picture. He was like, "What picture do you want?" And that was the hardest choice to make because he had johnny ringo i had uh reese from terminator i i had yeah but also uh, either hicks or hudson i can never remember which one he is hicks, hicks. i think he's hicks yeah hicks and, he's and hicks. aliens was there uh, sure but he's also he was also in the rock he was also in he was on the mandalorian navy, navy the seals way. in the mandalorian they had that that one as well what was the other james cameron movie what was the one oh the abyss you know he was yeah uh, that's he right goes crazy that's in right. that one yep Cam- cameron yep. really likes him because he's been, I think, three or four of the Cameron show movies. You say he's like six foot two, you know, and he's like a movie star type of guy, right? And it's, you got to have Arnold because it mm-hmm. puts into contrast, it makes Michael Bean look like this tiny little guy, right? Like Michael Bean. I know. Bean's a little That's bit bigger thing, yeah. than me. I'm, I'm not like a small guy. Michael Bean yeah. is probably a little bigger than me, it sounds like. And yet yeah. he comes across as looking like this little shrimp going yeah, back next to Arnold. To face well, the Terminator with, with Arnold's like six four. Yeah, Arnold's six four and got these shoulders. Arnold's six that, four, but he's also like if you just look at just his legs giant, and you're like, how yeah. does a person look well, like? His that, shoulders you know, so. are his shoulders. Uh, he can't fit through a doorway unless he goes right. sideways, right? But right. Michael Bain is a and he's a big and and when I say right. he's like six one or six two, he's a big six one or six two. Like he could have played like tight end or something. He's a big dude. Yeah, but yeah. next to yeah, next to Arnold, but next was, to Arnold, and, right? Yeah. And that's per that's why it's such good casting because it's that's it's it, that's yeah. what you need to look like. You need to look like, right. which is kind of funny if you think about it because it inverts. If you think about it, the people that control the computers in the mm-hmm. real world are the little shrimpy tiny guys. Yeah, yeah, right? Right, right, right. But in this one, it's like 
the computer, not only is it a computer, but also it, it's a, the physically hugest person you've ever seen. <laughs> right, kill you. Right. But, right, you right. know, like Arnold is the opposite of the guy who's sitting in front of his computer hacking into yeah. a bank account. Yeah. You know, he's the absolute <laughs> opposite of that. Arnold would and, pick up and throw the computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. kind of funny so, that um, they use, they invert that yeah. expectation there as well. It's a, I, yeah, I, there's, a point. There, there's a pretty good amount going on in, the, in this film, I think. Um, was in love with Linda Hamilton. Uh, I've got to say, 80s and 90s. She was such a babe. She was in a show called, I think, Beauty and the Beast or something like that. It was her. I yep. can't remember what it was. Which was written by yeah. George Martin, by the way. Did you know that? And, it, and it, I didn't know it was written by George like Martin. The Game, of Thrones, it, the Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I know. Or I don't Martin know. Is. Maybe he wrote some episodes for it. I don't know if he wrote But it also starred, uh, what's his name from. Uh, uh, he was a bad the, the the main star who who played the beast guy it was a famous uh, actor um oh that's a good question he played that never Red watched Devil. that show but it was like one of those things that was out there in the culture and the people who liked it were people whose opinion i respected but for some mm. reason i never got around to watching it i don't remember why i can't remember was it it's not ron perlman is it yes it is ron perlman it is yep, ron that's perlman. who it was okay. yeah yep. all right very good no, i never you know what I just you know what I just remembered that I was thinking about Arnold. I don't know, maybe this is sort of after the fact, but I should have mentioned this before. He is made to look like Frankenstein throughout the movie. Like the original Frankenstein. Yeah. Like they're playing right. with that. Like the the haircut and like everything about the way he's shaped and stuff. It's like Frankenstein with a gun, you know, who's a robot. And yes. that's the same thing. I think the same horror of Frankenstein, yeah, the original one was hmm. the unstoppable force, you know like and well, that's a movie about science science run amok yeah and well as a book you know, I mean, as a, as a victorian as a victorian book about science run amok you know i mean at that yeah. time in yeah, fact yeah, when, yeah. when when she when shelby wrote that you know you had like dr jekyll and mr hyde i mean you had a lot of you had mm -hmm. a, a lot of that, that genre of science like science is going to yeah kind of capture us or kill us or something like that that's interesting that it, it kind of comes Full circle here i think and, it comes full circle in a weird sort of way yeah and the living yeah. flesh on top of the dead metal yes. metal endoskeleton i think that's okay. kind of a and frankenstein so, okay as well. but so we have all of that this is the crazy well, there's part. all that electricity we have, we when, when that. they come when they come yeah. when they travel through time there's all that electricity sparking right, right, around right. them and stuff it yeah. looks a lot like yeah. the way frankenstein's great anyway but. Yeah. yeah if you ever study like science fiction as a genre and literature uh -huh. they are very very like prophetic a lot of stuff you know you have like oh yeah uh you had war of the worlds kind of you know they had heat rays and now we have lasers and stuff like that and and right um and just on and on and so now you have like the living flesh on top of the endoskeleton we're, we're making flesh in petri dishes you know we have yeah cartilage that we i don't know if you've ever seen those those uh latex ears that we grow on mice have you ever seen one of those no they're it's weird latex it's latex it's or it's like latex or something or something. Yeah. No, it's like a cartilage. It's like a oh, synthetic God. cartilage. And what okay. they do is they, they, they essentially put this on a mouse and they stretch the skin of the mouse over this fake ear. And mm -hmm. then the, the, then the mouse's skin grows and like grafts itself to the ear. And right. then once it's sufficiently done that, we'll cut it off and put it on a person. Okay. So yeah. that, that's a lot like this. That's really weird. Right. You know, it's and not we, happening. We, none of this stuff is happening by 2029. Like we only have six more years. Yeah, There's not going to well, be. I don't know. Cyborgs man. and time machines and like GP GPT chat or whatever is is 
the AI, the AI is almost there. I, I think you could almost put AI in charge of the defense network today, and it wouldn't surprise me if you got that weird response. Although, although I think because did you, became, did you see the thing where the guy was interviewing like, the AI? Mm, which one? It became self-aware in the 1990s, right? Yeah, but, 1990s. Yeah, yeah the, in the original one, August something 1990. I don't remember, but yeah, it's it's um 1997. It was 1997 because in Terminator Three, that's when uh, Linda Hamilton's character dies because she she okay. holds out until the day where Judgment Day was supposed to happen originally, and mm. then she has cancer and she lets herself die then because she wanted to make sure it didn't happen. Mm. Um, but somehow. It gets kicked down. It gets kicked down the road. The, the, yeah. the, so, anyway, um, but yeah, but by twenty twenty nine, I definitely. Or sorry, is it is twenty twenty nine? Is that the year? Yes, yeah, twenty twenty nine. I could definitely see AI being at this point. Of the three yes. things you'd need, the robotics I don't think are really there. The no. um the the cybernetic skin and stuff like that that's not there. Mm -hmm. No, the no. time travel, there's nothing like that. That's, I don't right. even know. That's a whole separate thing that apparently was invented <laughs> they never, by 1990. They, really they never really talked about that. No, yeah. no, that's a that's a whole Just something. entirely yeah. separate. Did you know in the original script for this film, there were two guys sent back to help um, Sarah Connor, and one of no, them died by being... One of them died by being uh, fused into a chain-link fence. <laughs> oh, jeez. I didn't know that. Dies that way. That's what well, happens at the beginning beginning of p2 the oh, t1000 right. oh with the, the chain link fence. fence yeah but they decided yeah. they decided that the time machine creates like a sphere that annihilates yeah, everything around sure, you when, sure. when you come well did but you i think it must have been based on that original in the original concept. script the t1000 actually comes back to, as well yes right in the, the liquid metal story. terminator yeah, yeah liquid that metal. I, right but yeah. but but yeah. cameron knew that like special effects weren't there yet so he cut that out of the script and then they use it for yeah, t2 which is pretty cool yeah yeah so yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was barely there in 1991 when they did T2. Yeah. I mean, that was really right. cutting edge special effects. It oh, it's huge. Yeah. Pretty huge. amazing, honestly. Like it was pretty yeah. amazing yeah. at the time. So, do you think we're at the time where we need to talk about our biggest surprise? Or are we that, are we up to that? It is. It, it is the time. Can I can I go first? We continue our ground game. No, this yeah, is sure, this is ahead. yeah. This is the time. Let me let me. So my biggest surprise was that Cameron sold the rights to Terminator. For one dollar, right? For one dollar, yeah. For one dollar, and yep. uh, he says it's his biggest regret in life. And I read an article uh, that as of 2015, the Terminator franchise was worth 1.4 billion dollars. Up to that oh, point, yeah. okay. You've got he was books, quoted. He was quoted got, as saying at one point, "Toys that if if he could use a time machine." And send a tweet back in time. It would be don't sell the rights to Terminator. Like, <laughs> yeah, for what for one dollar, especially. Yeah. Just don't and sell and this is a guy who yeah. honestly, what the hell? What does he care? He owns Avatar, well, he owns you know, you know right. I'm, but but fine, see, and, but, and at the time, so you have to put yourself in issue. He's 20-something years old. Mm -hmm. He just came uh at, after making a piranha two the spawning, you know. Right. Um, yeah. that was his first movie. So he finally had a chance to make a movie, but it's a B movie and it's a B horror film. And right. now, now, and, and it's like, I've got this original idea and I want to make this movie. So he, he sort of did. He wanted to retain creative control as well. Yeah. He said, he said, I, I have to be, I have to be director. I'll sell it to you for dollars, right. but I have to direct it. Right. And so he sold it to a producer. She got it done and then he directed it and the rest is history, but he doesn't have the rights to any of it. It was his idea, his story, but 
you know, and he get, obviously got paid out at the time. But 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 then again, so there's two ways to look at it. Look at this. On the one hand, this launched his career, like you said, because he went from here to Aliens, The Abyss. Yeah. The, yeah I mean, he exactly. made the Titanic. On and on. I mean, he made. Uh, he if made you, the if most... you go and look at the top five movies of all yeah, time, like four two of them, are them his? two of them oh, are two his. Of them are his. Okay, two yeah. of them are his, and neither of them is Terminator. Yes, exactly. So, so I, mean, I mean, he's doing this well. Launched, yes. This launched a career which is he's probably well. worth the, what he lost. But it's kind of like Terminator. it's kind of like uh, you know Sylvester Stallone. He doesn't mm -hmm. own the rights to Rocky. Sylvester yeah. Stallone wrote Rocky, and he sold it, and. and he sold Rocky like he was desperate. There's a, you know, it's a yeah. famous Hollywood lore where he had no money, uh, and he he was just he was trying to find some work. He had written Rocky, written the script, and he sold it for a hundred thousand dollars to somebody, and like he finally had some money, and he was looking at the check. And he called up the guy the next day. He's like, I can't do this. You know, I'm 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 taking it back. You know, give me back the script. I'll give you back the money. I don't I don't want it. Uh -huh. And and he finally, you know, he said, I have to start it. You know, I have to be, be Rocky. But the same thing, like, so he did get that, just like Cameron got director, Rock, you know, Sylvester Stallone got the starring role. So he was Rocky, but he didn't get creative. He didn't own it. So he still sold the rights, just oh, like Cameron sold, sold the rights. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so every Rocky, it's worth, movie, it. think, it's worth it if that's your entryway to Hollywood and your whole I career. Know, but, you know, and, and you totally think about like, Rambo, he owns Rambo and and Expendables right. and just on and on and on. So oh, just a million um, things, a million. Yeah, so it kind of launches you. But that was my biggest surprise. I, I I saw that and I was like, you know, it's kind of like taking an internship, like an unpaid internship at right. some point in your life. You Very know, it's like, like it's a rip. -off, I am, but it could be the right move. You know, you're doing it for so, you're doing it for other reasons. Yeah. Right, you're doing it for the chance. It's like rolling the dice. You know, I want to get up on my political soapbox here for like one okay. second. Okay. I don't think that companies should be able to hire interns unpaid. I think I think interns are doing jobs all over this country that could be done by middle mm -hmm. class people otherwise. All mm -hmm. the stuff that goes on in an office that are done by interns mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. And especially because like all the big companies that are headquartered in a place like New York, and there's mm -hmm. all these kids coming here working for free, and they can only afford to live here because their parents pay the <laughs> bills. Mm-hmm. It's just not right. That's not right. That's just that's just right. skewing the economy. You're getting work for free. I think they should just apply at least minimum wage laws to that. But totally anyway. agree. No, I, so. I totally agree because I, I work in and uh, I hope you keep this because I you know I work at a university and mm -hmm. my students oftentimes depend on internships so that they can get a, a real job once they get get out. Right. And right. oh man, it kills me when companies are like, yeah, we'll hire you, but you have to work for free. Right. You know. And Wrong. students are, are kind of like, Wrong. yeah, that's terrible. No, no, no don't do that. They're not slaves. No. This is this no. isn't the 14th century. You know, they no. will they will. You can pay them at least what anybody else would get paid doing that stuff. I mean, at the very least, yeah. minimum wage, which is the law, or whatever, or whatever. Know, I, yeah, so. there there should yeah. not be an exemption for that. Anyway, yeah. totally. But, right. um, okay, and, and and neither of us is coming from the the part of the political spectrum where you'd think we'd be saying that. So I think people could listen to us and realize that we're very sincere in what we're saying here. So. Yeah. My biggest surprise about this film was, like I said, I realized I hadn't seen it since like 1988 and I mm -hmm. loved it. I loved it when I mm -hmm. saw it. Like I got into Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the, all these cool sci-fi movies. And, you know, I was, I was the age where you're learning a lot of cool stuff, you know, at 11 or 12. 
But I got really into this one and I saw T2 and it was just like my favorite movie ever. I mean, I watched it so many times and I went back and watched this one and I realized there's very little original material in Terminator 2. So much of Terminator 2 is just bits from this film being respun almost, you know, as as an homage to the original. It's not meant to just, but it's, I I thought of it as being this brilliant sequel. And in some ways it, it still is. It's a great sequel in some ways, but in other ways, it's just rerunning a lot of the stuff from this, and there's really not a lot of original material. And that's that a really, really good surprised point. me. Yeah, really that's a really good point. Me. It takes writing that first one, right? Right. I mean, you 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 set the foundation for it. It's a lot easier to do everything after that, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, a great point. I I have seen, like I said, I've seen Terminator Two like a hundred times. I know mm-hmm. the beats of that movie. I know everything about what happens in the entire film, from start to finish. And half, half of the scenes in Terminator One are are rehashed in T- Terminator wow. Two. I mean, I mean, yeah. to the point of there's punches that are thrown and the way people look at other people and lines yeah. and it just everything about it is just taken out of Terminator One and used again in Terminator yeah. Two to the point where I lost a lot of respect for a movie that I've loved my entire life from watching this. <laughs> That's funny. To Cameron, a lot of respect T2? for this one. Yeah, yeah, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron did James uh, Terminator Two. Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, but he's was, pretty much just. Like he didn't cash grab. Yeah, cash yeah, grab. I don't point. know if it, it's like I said. There's things to be respected in T Two. It's it's mm-hmm. a cool movie, but it's almost like like a remake of this one in a lot of ways. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got the money, I can do the movie that I made that I meant to. Oh, do. that that I wanted to make. Yeah, like, well, that's a good point. So it's not it's yeah. not like entirely a cash grab. It really is better in a lot of ways, but it's only because yeah. it, it does better a lot of the things that are from there. But that was my biggest surprise is just how much yeah. T2 owes to this one. I mean, yeah. to the point to the point yeah. of not really having as much respect as I once had for that movie. But, <laughs> um, there you go. Change and, and it's one of my it's one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So it's that that's saying something. That's a big change in how I look at it. So I'm voting. I mean, I think this is great. I think this movie started a bunch of important careers. I think this movie has terrific science fiction interpretive value. I think it led to better films later that were made by James Cameron. So I'm definitely voting, but I'll leave it up to you. Oh, you have to leave it up to me. Those are the rules. I have to, I know. But yeah. uh, this is a strong um, if if my vote could be worth one point four votes, it would be worth one point four votes here. So I'm just <laughs> I think this has a hundred percent rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that I'm right? Mistaken. I believe so. Even with the um, scene where he cuts his eye out and how bad the model looks, that's really bad. Tomatoes. Hold on, hold on. Let me make sure. I would have thought they would somebody with some kid, some kid out there would ding him a couple. One of those people that complains that yeah, the trees is, are impersonal is, at a national this park. This is one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, okay. which doesn't happen that often. Hang on, um, the NYPD is going past my window. So eighty-six percent from the That's audience doing one hundred right, anyway. He's gone 100%, now. One hundred percent from the critics. I will. I will absolutely okay. toast. Oh yeah, I, the I'm critics. Okay, this. but there's yeah. but there's always a couple of idiots in the audience that are like, oh. Yeah, I think they should have. Well, Britney Spears. Should, should have been this movie uh, what does Arnold Schwarzenegger know about action movies or something stupid, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I will definitely, definitely toast this. Um, okay, this, okay. this is definitely classic. I, I, and I think for all the reasons you said, and just well, especially, and you just kind of like glossed over launching careers. I mean, when Hamilton and no, it's huge. This was huge. Schwarzenegger because. Schwarzenegger is working on Conan the Destroyer, which nobody remembers or has seen prior right, to this. Right. And it's because of this movie he goes on to make all of the other 
you know, movies yeah. that he makes, like Cobra. No, he didn't make Cobra, but um, uh, you know, turn, uh, Predator and all the re- uh, Running Man. Like you said, he becomes a he becomes a leading man because yeah. of this. Uh, Michael Bean. This is his first big role. He's and like the he, biggest star in Hollywood in about 1990. I think he's the biggest star in the world. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's huge. Oh, at God, about that a, time, was, like around the time, around the time he was in True Lies, I yeah. think he was the biggest star that there was. There was and then, no he, and then he marries a Kennedy. He marries a Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. And then he cheats on her that. with the with the cleaning woman. But we won't talk about that. That's bizarre. Yeah. That's weird. Um. So yeah, this is uh yeah definitely I'll toast it, man. Okay. Good pick. All right. Good job. I think that's yeah. I think that's fair. All right. So we are entering this into you know what. We gotta put. We gotta pick something that's on the fence one of these days because there's no drama here. Oh, we need I some know. drama for point. the listeners to okay. know whether we're gonna actually because these things well, are these are great. These are great movies. So I have films. I have a do I have a books. I have a free choice coming up? Then? You have free choice coming up. Yes. All exactly. right. Okay. So I'll I'll pick something that that might be okay. a little more of a of a teeter totter than this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that'll yeah. be wise. Let's let's keep it. Uh, let's keep some mystery in this in this. In All right. Place. Hey, before we go, I'm just going to plug my book. My book now, okay. it's called Ted Mack and America's First Black-Owned Brewery, The Rise and Fall of People's Beer, is available now. Uh, Amazon, Barnes Noble, wherever you find finer books online. It's a good book. It's got some great ratings or reviews so far. Uh, I encourage okay. you to go out. If you're if you're into beer history or just history, it's uh, it's it's worth a read. So, what time period are we talking go about? Go out and find this it. book. 1970 to 1976, thereabouts. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So about the oh. Jaws, Rocky. Yeah. Uh, time period. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Godfather. That. That's right. Oh, it goes from Godfather 1 up to uh, Jaws, uh, up to Rocky. For Toasted Classics, I am Clint Lanier. <laughs> okay. And I'm Dave MacArthur. And we will talk to you next time when I next figure time. out something, something more on the fence. Bye. Bye. That's it for episode 75 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, stay tuned to find out what we'll be drinking when we polka to the hits of Weird Al Yankovic. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know whether you would sell your soul for $1 if it meant you could have James Cameron's career. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @ractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. Mm-hmm.